Welcome everyone to Two Brain Radio. It is our mission at Two Brain to provide 1 million entrepreneurs the freedom to live the life that they choose. Join us every week as we discover the very best practices to achieve perfect day and move you closer to wealth. Hey guys, it's Jeff Smith with Two Brain Radio. I'm here today with our guest, Vaughn Vernon. Vaughn has been in the insurance industry since 1999. He currently insures about 2,500 gyms. And I brought him on today because I wanted to hear more about his story as an entrepreneur in general. I wanted to hear about his business journey and how he kind of facilitates his team taking charge and uh, any business tips he may have for us. So his story is pretty interesting. Vaughn is a avid family man and adventurer and enjoys extreme sports and anything that goes very fast. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hey guys, we're here with Vaughn Vernon from Affiliate Guard. Uh, he's joined us today to discuss his personal experience as an entrepreneur and give us some more information on kind of his journey to his personal freedom, if you will, within his business. So Vaughn, welcome. Thanks for having me, boss. Absolutely. Absolutely. Vaughn is an avid sportsman. He likes anything fast and dangerous. So how have you been? Really good, man. Everybody's got a little Ricky Bobby in them. You know that? <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. So tell us about um, your experience growing your insurance agency. Sure. So uh, here's the story. I uh, came down here in 1999. Back before I came into insurance, my uh, trade was uh, concrete flat work. And so this is in the fall of 1999, and there really isn't that much work to do concrete-wise in the wintertime here in Utah. So my dad said, give me one winter with you, and let's let's see how this thing develops. So I was going to start my own company, and I needed a, a co-signer uh, for my SBA loan to start my flat work company, and I've been here ever since. So my to be quite upfront with you, my first four years, I – Exhausted on my contacts in the construction industry, just kind of spinning my wheels, just working to work, not working to become, how you say, uh, free from the, the nine to five grind for the personal freedom, you know? Yeah. And um, my dad helped my mentor. He passed away in 2006. Uh, his name is John Musius. Uh He asked John to take me under his wing to write commercial insurance. And that's when I took off for a couple of different reasons. He knew what the hell he was doing. I was really good at making mistakes and just kept on making these mistakes in different facets and basically just hindering my growth. So um, with his skill set, he spent a lot of time with me. He got me up to the levels where I needed to be as far as a comfort level and talking to insurance companies, underwriters on how to sell them on business. And it got to the point where he taught me everything he knew and it was time to hand the keys to Lamborghini to Vaughn to go, to go fast. Right. So he turned me on 
to this insurance carrier out of Columbus, Ohio, called State Auto Insurance, and they have a system called the Paysetter Program. I was a part of that for about six years, and that right there with the help with John Musius gave me the confidence and gave me the tools I needed in my tool bag to finally look down the line and see the, the light at the end of the tunnel of what I needed to do and where I needed to go. My first CrossFit account I wrote was in 2006 and started writing around the state of Utah. All of a sudden, I started to get phone calls from South Carolina, North Carolina. Next thing you know, I'm sitting on like 50 of these of these policies, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, huh, this this could this could be something. I mean, I firsthand, you know, as, as an athlete in the gym. My self-confidence boost goes up. My buddies are going. Their self-confidence is through the roof. Uh, it's It works on that end of the stick, and I just became so passionate about it, helping these helping these gym owners out. I, I got together with my underwriters and said, we need to, we need to make a specific program here for these gym owners because this thing's going to blow up. Little did I know back then I'd be sitting where I'm at today. And that's been a journey in itself. Yeah, of course. So did you, so did you actually build an avatar of your ideal client prior to this, or did you kind of just fall into this niche, if you will, like stumble upon it? Yeah, hundred percent stumbled upon it. I I kind of knew in my mind's eye what I wanted to do and where I wanted this thing to go, but really underestimated how this thing's going to go so fast, so quick, and. Dealing with the growth we had, getting employees, getting other underwriters, claims people out there. I mean, it was something that I really, really underestimated and it caused me a lot of gray hairs. Okay. So from 2006, did you have some speed bumps or hiccups that you had to overcome as far as like getting into this specific niche in 2006 i have no idea how many affiliates there were but there weren't probably there weren't many no 2000 3000 something like that a couple hundred okay okay yeah. even less yeah. yeah so so you stayed very narrow did you target that initially like 2006 to 2010 or were you still writing other policies i i was still writing other policies and it got to the point to where these other policies i i really didn't like working on them i really didn't i got more of a comfort level writing these gym policies for the fact that i do it all day every day and i'm a lot more efficient at it and i don't have to go sell underwriters on what we're doing here because they know what's going on because we already got so many on the books. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So from, God, dude, we went from, so 2010, I was like 100 grand in sales. And then 2014 rolls around, scaring around, you know, almost 2.5 million. So that was major. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's exponential growth. It is crazy exponential growth. I had the opportunity to start this with my right hand, Kristen, and she is super organizational where I'm just a raging bull in a china shop. Okay. And like how you guys talk about, you know, what hats you wear, what are you good at, what do you suck at, how are you going to keep this machine floating here? She provided so much infrastructure 
on on the back office stuff that I really could give two shits about. All I cared about was helping people out and getting premium on the books and do getting the grind going, you know, getting the brand out there. I didn't brand Affiliate Guard until late 2008. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so that speaks to identifying your strengths, hiring accordingly, and then and then pushing on those strengths. Yes. Yeah. So what's the structure of your business currently? I mean, are you a sole proprietor? I mean, are you the owner of Affiliate Guard solely? Or are there, a, I mean, no, you said you, it's a family business. Yeah. Yeah. Describe uh, how it's structured. Yeah. So the structure is we run under, under an S corporation, Curtis J. Vernon Insurance, DBA Affiliate Guard. We are actually this year in starting the initial conversations of buying my old man out uh, with my two little brothers. And um, so we have it. We have our infrastructure set up. Affiliate Guard's on its own little island. And the rest of Vernon Insurance is set up to where they, they encompass like home, auto, life, bonding, commercial insurance, stuff of that nature. Awesome. Okay. So it, like funny, but I, I mean, I come from PNC insurance, uh, not sales, but IT work is where I, I grew up in the corporate world myself. So I'm very familiar with this space. I didn't know you guys also have fingers in that area. Yeah. So yeah. you, do, you you essentially cover the gamut or you could refer out based on any sort of insurance, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. How is working with family? You know, us Vernons are, are in a very acquired taste. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's good, dude. We we have our own – we have our bumps in the road here and there, but we're so damn busy, it's hard for each other to get on each other's nerves and – we all always have the lane talks of who's doing what and why. Um, that's a big deal, having that communication all the time. How, how do you guys structure that? Do you have designated meetings yep. and how frequently? Yep, weekly meetings. Okay. Um, a lot of it, too, is you know what bumps in the road are happening here. Why, why, why is the boat on choppy water? What's going on? What can we do to make things run smoother, more efficiently? And it's just like anything else, a little thing called communication. Yeah. Yeah. Super important. It is. <laughs> when you went from $100,000 to $2.5 million in sales over a four-year period, which is incredible, yeah. what, do you, what did you, like looking back on it, what's the most challenging thing you faced? Or what was your biggest weakness? My biggest weakness was trying to be everything to everybody, hands down. I, I took a lot of pride in my in our customer service. I still do, but I wanted to be Johnny on the spot for everybody. And I found out the hard way, you know, the good Lord only put 24 hours in a day and that dog just ain't going to hunt. Once, once I realized that I cannot be everything to everybody, but I can be everything to support my team, to support my underwriting staff, to make the end product better is when it took a lot of stress off my shoulders. Okay. So what would you consider your role now in the business? My role now in the business is soliciting new business, marketing, always on the hunt for new markets, new insurance carriers, negotiating terms and rate, uh, helping people out with claims and um, just funneling the workflow, talking to the team, see what needs to go on. If we need to get any new software in place or anything of that nature, just being a churched up version of a cheerleader. 
And how many staff members do you have? So we have what? Five plus me. So six total. And what are those roles? So Kristen is, uh, she handles all the money, pays all the insurance companies, tracks down all the policies, does a little bit of data entry in our agency management system. Uh, Maddie is in charge of quoting out the new business, sending out the proposals to the insureds, any follow-up questions. If things get technical, she doesn't want to feel that she offloads them to me. Joe C. does a lot of the certificates, issues out the policies, gets stuff out to the bank, HQ, landlords, and Ling is our renewal ninja. How often do you meet with your staff? Weekly. So you started in property and casualty insurance, or no, I'm sorry, commercial insurance. Yeah. What, what were you selling most of about at that time before so, you got into CrossFit? And then it, it kind of seems like you had the foresight to determine, like in Two Brain, we use the term like pumpkin planning. Like these are your seed clients, and you determined that they were your target audience, and then you went after them very hard. Any other commercial insurance? If it's a referral from one of my old clients, I'll, I'll dive into it. Um, but other than that, my, my main focus is on the affiliate guard brand and program. Hmm. Interesting. So from a gym perspective, I mean, it sounds like you, you target your high value clients, your PT clients, your nutrition clients, things like that. And then you really get narrow and focus on delivering a great product to them. What's the biggest headache you're facing right now in your business? You know, I would say one of my biggest headaches are always keeping my ear to the ground and always looking for new insurance carriers to have conversations with, to conduct business with, because this market just evolves all the time. It really does. And I feel it's it's my job to have, you know, more stables in case one of these stables catches on fire that I can funnel the other business to where I'm I'm not going to have to put a bullet in my head, you know. I had a major bomb blow up in my face about a year and a half ago. My flagship insurer, the uh, the the program underwriter at home office, was getting ready to retire, and was just going through the motions at work and did not touch my book of business for five years, dude. So when when he left and the new person came in to audit his work, I mean, we were paying out claims that shouldn't have been paid out. I mean, shock losses, seven-figure checks going for wrongful death suits, and they gave me a 90-day window to move all this business. Oh, and by the way, we're doubling rate on you. So in hindsight, that was probably the best thing that ever could have happened to me for the fact now that I have five different insurers underneath the affiliate guard flag. Everybody knows what's going on with the business, with the risk. And so if God forbid, if anything of that nature happened again, it's going to be a swift of the pen and move the business. No big deal. But that was very character building. Yeah. So building in protections with regard to that. Why, what do you think led to that? Complacency or just comfort? Yeah, absolutely. Complacency. Uh, the guy's been there for scaring 30 years and, you know, salary, salary employee didn't give him any benefit or anything to make more money or be a asset to the team. In my eyes, I even offered $10,000 to get his home address. So I could go say hi to him, but they didn't want to do that. <laughs> oh man. Um, <laughs> 
So how how is business today compared to you've been in business 20 years, obviously, yep. like your daily life, you pretty much have the autonomy to do whatever you want at this yep. point, I would assume. I would agree. I would agree. Do you, do you, want, do you want me to tell you about my day? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, my wife goes to the nine o'clock. Um, I'll go hit that with her a couple times a week. I'm coming to the office. Um, Maddie draws me up a, a fire list. I have to put out some fires. I'll jump out up on that. Go funnel through the emails, send them out to the team. If we got any questions on um, like coverage reviews or lease agreements with landlords and gym owners, I'll, I'll field all those questions. And then uh, high five when I'm, I'm out and coaching my son's football and rugby team. Well, that's That's been about it. Amazing. I love it. Could you take four weeks off and not have any disruptions in your business? Say when. Absolutely. So what do you think, if you had to name a couple key items, let's say two or three things that you've learned over the years that you would impart on a new business owner, what are the keys to creating the perfect day and the bulletproof business that you could leave for four weeks at any time? I would say the bulletproof business is looking at your employees as assets versus liabilities. At the end of the day, they're carrying the weight of, of your vision and your brand. And if you invest the time and money into them, you are going to get that back tenfold in my eyes. That's been my experience. I have let go of zero people underneath the affiliate guard flag. I have not had to fire one person. And a lot of that too is a really slow hiring process. That would be number one. And for, I'm sorry, what was the first question? Just one or two or three things that would be the pinnacle of what you think lead to successful businesses. Perfect day was what I said first and then, and then four weeks off. So it, yeah. it were very similar. You did something though, Vaughn, like tell me about your hiring process. Is that strong oh, or did it just grow organically? It grew organically. It, it, we, I bet we plow through when we, we, when we are hiring, I bet we plow through 12 different applicants and we funnel it down to four and then the whole team meets with them and then they'll do a one-on-one -on -one with the team and then the team will get together and talk about it. So it's a cooperative effort where if, God forbid we get a lemon on board. It's everybody's fault, not not just mine. That every everybody's in this ship together, and we have a level of expectation of work that needs to be performed, and a little thing called accountability. And I think that's been our our success on that platform for sure. That's amazing. That that is perfect insight. So involving the team in the hiring process. Yep. That's funny because my wife years ago worked for Lululemon for a long time and they use a similar approach with group interviews dates is what they refer to it as so like you're dating with your staff and that new person so how how has that worked out have you ever had somebody go south you said no you haven't nope. fired anybody under affiliate nope. card, but has someone self-selected themselves off the team no they're not that lucky Okay. Gotcha. Because that does happen as well, obviously. It does happen, yeah. <laughs> Especially if everybody is in on it, uh, on the decision-making process. I, I love that as like a great takeaway because we're always talking that we struggle with as entrepreneurs 
more than anything because we're generally visionaries and like we're good at level setting the vision, but the human element and bringing in like the human resources aspect is uh, something that's constantly evolving for most of our businesses. Like my business in, included has had many different hiring processes over the years that we've been trying to tighten up. But I like I like that a lot. I mean, we do we do personal interactions outside the gym. Like I take people out to dinner when they're interviewing, sure. but I don't, and, and I'll take their spouse out to dinner and stuff like that. Cause I want to get to know who I'm getting in bed with, if you will, for sure. a better term, but I've never thought of taking everyone. And I think that's brilliant because we, we talk, we often talk about culture and team cohesion and how to like galvanize it. And I think that if all five of your people in your case are bought in on like believing in that hire and giving the stamp of approval, like then they're going to personally be invested in that person's success as well. So absolutely. And I look at it like this too, man, with, with everybody involved, you're not going to be getting that person in there starting to talk shit on the other employee or causing drama or anything like that. And that, that can be, nobody wants to deal with that. That's just, you know, that's just cancerous. Nobody wants that. Right. Right. And especially, I mean, we, most of us run pretty small shops, like 20 or less employees. And so it's very important to have that cohesion. I, I just like it from, from a training perspective. I think they're going to put, everyone's going to chip in to to bring that person up to speed if everyone's involved in the decision-making process. So I love that. Yeah. That's really good too. If someone's slacking or, you know, expectations aren't meant, it's non-confrontational because everybody knows what's expected. Right. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot smoother. It really is. Well, that's awesome, man. That is so cool. That that's my one big takeaway from this conversation. And I really appreciate it. If you have anything else to add, go ahead. I'll give you a moment. But uh, otherwise, I really appreciate your time and coming on today. And I think that little tidbit on a hiring tip that we could implement in our businesses, are that's just hugely valuable. So thank you for your time. And if you want to add anything else, let me know. I'm good, man. Hope Ohio State wins this weekend. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Insight Tax. Insight Tax is founded by John Briggs, a CrossFitter, a great big tall guy with a fantastic sense of humor. And John is like a coach for your books. These guys are not just pencil pushing number crunchers. These guys will actually help you get toward your perfect day. If you're a member of our growth stage part of the mentoring program, you're familiar with John's videos on 1099 versus W-2 contractors. See, John used to work for the IRS. He's seen the other side of labor law, and he knows exactly where the line is drawn. Don't believe everything you read. But on the tax side, John can actually help you plan to take home more money every year and save more money on taxes because John is a certified profit-first accountant. 
If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I'm a big fan of Mike Michalowicz's Profit First system. And John at Insight Tax and his staff can help you plan backward from profit to get to where you need to go. It's helped members of the Two Brain family buy houses in the first year that they've implemented Profit First. It's helped people save more money, take home more money, and make the business do what it's supposed to do, which is pay you. There we go. Matt, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome to Two Brain Stories. Thank you. So I wanted uh, I want to definitely get into who you are, the business that you own. But one kind of thing that I noticed that you posted was about some scholarships and grants. We're going to get into that. So that's definitely what I want to I want to talk about. Let's um, let's start off with who you are and uh, what biz- business you own. Uh, my name is Matt Coyne, and I, along with Matthew Alexander, own 1836 Strength and Conditioning in Kingwood, Texas, just north of Houston, a little suburb outside of Houston. Excellent. How long have you guys been in business for? We opened October 2010. So. Nice. Eight years, almost a little over eight years. Congrats. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you. So I wanted to get into the something that you posted recently, and that was scholarships and grants for hardships. What Can you give me a little bit of background about what led you up to that point and then actually what getting into the tactics of what you guys have built out so far? So we, our community that we're actually in, higher average income they do pretty well right next door to us who we service as well. Not so much more check to check type families. So things pop up all the time. A car breaks down. They're a one family or end up being a one car family or kid gets sick or I mean, it's just all kinds of things that happen. And uh, unfortunately, we're one of the first things that they can knock out a big chunk of their monthly expenditure with. So that it's typically, you know, obviously we don't, look at this for every person you know people that have been with us for a couple of years they come to all of our events they're really bought into the community and we know once they quit or have to stop that much harder to get going again so we're just trying to find a way to keep them moving whether that's stop there, someone in, in their group helping them or us somehow we haven't really built it all out yet so basically what you've seen is, and I, I, I wanted to talk about this because I think a lot of other gym owners uh, run into the same thing where they have some of their population is down. They, they get down to one car for the entire family or they, somebody gets super sick in their family. And this is the first thing, again, what you said, they could cut out. So what exactly have you done to build out? Like what steps have you taken so far to build out these scholarships and grants for these, these members? We've actually we put it on hold for right now. We're trying to dial in a few other things like the Facebook marketing. And we just launched a kid's class about six months ago. And we're working on building it up a little bit better. But the main thing, we looked at two different directions. One, some of our better well-to-do members, um, just making a small contribution and having a, a kitty set aside. Our main issue, though, is where we come across it being a public thing that we tell people we have it for or keeping it quiet. And, you know, when we see somebody that needs some help, we can offer it to them. I feel like if it does get out there, then chances of people taking it for granted and overusing it or applying for it and then not being, I think somebody mentioned uh, almost having a panel to kind of figure out, do you meet these standards? No. And I I think, I think that's, you guys were, were in the right frame of mind because I think a lot of us, especially, I mean, even at this time, but really anytime when we see one of our, our gym members start struggling a little bit, we want to be able to provide them with an opportunity to still part of the gym, especially if it's a financial situation. That's that's usually the biggest thing and what yeah, they're willing to cut. 
And exactly. Because we'll have people that'll come in and like finances are super strapped. We, we really can't do anything. And they've got a new tattoo and just booked a vacation on a cruise somewhere. And it's like, they're not that strapped. So. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like your idea that you were just talking about though with creating like a panel, creating a not to be given to everybody. And I think if you if you do that with what you were saying, probably not having it be public that you have this ability to do this, but more of when you see the need to be able to put a convene a panel together and kind of talk about it to figure out not this if this is the person. Um, yeah, we just looked into. My wife just went to grad school, and we were trying to find scholarships, and pretty much every scholarship you have to put in, you have to write a report or a paper, you know, why you should be getting this. I mean, I think even that as a first step, if you give them any kind of hurdle to get to this, a lot of them will just blow it off and they may not be the ones that really need it. So finding someone that will, you know, write out why they need it and what they're going to do to, you know, get back on track. Yeah. No. And having a plan almost uh, basically keeping them accountable. Uh, it sounds yeah. like is, is what you're doing. And, and definitely, I think there would need to be monthly checkups, if not every two weeks. Where are you? How are things going? No, because I, I, I could see it just dragging out for months and months. Uh, but that's not really the goal. We really just want to give people a stepping stone, quick help. So overall, if we're looking at big picture of what you're what you're going to try to achieve, how many people do you feel like are going to utilize this in your program? Or how many are you going to limit it to? That kind of thing. I feel like it would be two to three people a year. Okay. I mean, that seems fairly average. It's not something that pops up every month with multiple people, but there are times when people just down on their luck. Yeah. And then I guess the funding would be an issue on how often we could do it as well. Very true. Very true. And like, and as you said, I mean, if you're limiting only to a, a couple months at most and then keeping them accountable, keeping them on track, it, it's probably going to provide a huge value to them knowing that you're willing to do this and, and help them out, which would only boost them to, to be more of a, a cheerleader for the gym and, and be somebody that wants to continually push to have more people at the gym. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That we didn't just kick them to the curb and be like, well, come back when you can. Yeah, exactly. Cause we both know that, I mean, the mental, your mental state, especially in one of those situations definitely shifts to like more of a, a survival setting. And we both know that being in the gym, having that community, having the people around definitely only benefits them and pushes them to be even better. And in the past, we've helped people out before. I'd say 90% of them want to or do pay us back somehow. Um, none of them really just want a handout. Like yeah. They're all prideful people that are competitive and constantly wanting to get better. That's why they're at the gym. So the majority don't look for a handout. They just want a little help and happy to repay it. Yeah. And I, I think from an overall perspective, if you could do something like this or anybody that has a service-based business that has membership options, doing something like this is a lot more valuable compared to maybe like doing discounts for every single person, that kind of thing. It, it really causes a huge impact for them. Yeah. Well, I had a guy today that called or he sent a message, needed to cancel his membership. His wife wants to join or wants to start working out, which is great. They just can't afford both to both be at our gym. So I just sat down with him on the phone a little bit. Where are you? What are you paying? He's on our unlimited. Let's move you to three times a week. Your wife can still afford to go to a Gold's on the other days with you. So instead of just having to quit because he couldn't afford it, we just lowered it a little bit, went to a different membership option that he wasn't even thinking about. And his wife will still get to go to Gold's. 
that's awesome that's awesome for you to be able to uh sometimes they don't see that they see these blinders of it's it's all in or all out it's and, double uh, what i got and it's gonna be way too much yeah yeah exactly so i want to definitely we're going to definitely bring this back i want to part two i want to see what happens with uh the scholarships and grants and then the procedures and everything the tactics you use to get there but uh I think this is a perfect place to wrap it up. And I, I thank you so much, Matt, for, for your time and being able to jump on Two Brain Stories and kind of share that experience of what you've gone through with this and uh, what you're going to be doing. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, some motivate to get it moving a little more. There we go. Awesome. Well, I hope you have a great day and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Awesome. Thank you. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We greatly appreciate you and everyone that has subscribed to us. If you haven't done that, please make sure you do. Drop a like to the episode, share with a friend, and if you haven't already, please write us a review and rate us on how, what you think. If you hated it, let us know. If you loved it, even better. See you guys later.